Oh, so I just wanted to tell you about like how I am so good at putting my foot in my mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> at one of my old jobs, I worked in the office that was connected to like the factory. And I would actually like go and sit with the factory workers. Like I didn't like how they had like divided up the office and factory at lunchtime and stuff. Like everybody kind of ate at their desk or all the factory workers. So I was like had a few friends and I'd sit there and stuff. So I got to know a lot of them. And at our Christmas party, I had a little bit of drink in me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so nice seeing people like all dressed up and not like just in their work clothes like you know like jeans or whatever and this girl's like oh you mean like these and I was like oh and I was just like yeah but and anything that I kept saying just kept making it worse do you ever get that no never no <laughs> oh, I want to be like you when I grow up I say dumb shit all the time and then I totally screwed up by trying like by trying to fix it like that that's the work like yeah for example um this one this one I actually do a bit about it in, in my stand-up but I haven't done it in a long time but I met this guy one time who was like completely fixated and and positive that we had met somewhere else and I kind of felt that way too so we were like trying to figure out how we knew each other and obviously I was like wondering had I slept with him or like <laughs> Was he a friend of an ex or I don't know. I was like trying to go down the possible list of. Did my ex sleep with him? <laughs> exactly. And anyway, finally he came up to me at the end of the day and he was like, I, cause he was on a work site where I was working one day and he was like, I know where I know you from. And I was like, where? And he said, NA. And I was like, what? He said, NA, Narcotics Anonymous. And I just blurted like way too fast. Like, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> like as though that was like the worst thing in the world, which I don't even feel and I have lots of friends not lots okay I know someone who went to NA and I know a lot of people have been to AA and like I don't I saw this one show where someone went to AA <laughs> I saw someone who knew a guy who said he knew about it no okay anyway so the guy says I know you from AA I blurred out way too fast no you don't and then I feel guilty because I think I said that way too harshly like that that would yeah. be a bad thing so then I say immediately without thinking but we probably have a lot of friends in common I know a lot of people who go to and uh, uh, <laughs> just felt like a complete like there was nothing I could do after that I, I was just like yeah. wow because it wasn't bad enough when you just way too fast shot him down made it sound like there's not a chance in hell you would be seen at NA you then had to say but we probably have a lot of friends in common because what? Because you know a lot of junkies like him? Like, what are you even saying right yeah. now? It was so bad. I was so embarrassed. I was yeah, so there's this bridge that I like go over. You probably live under there, right? Because you're <laughs> exactly. such a drug addict. Exactly. And it was so stupid. Yeah. Anyways, the best part is that he's actually the boyfriend of a friend of mine. Okay. So, which I didn't know at the time. So then it was like even more awesome because I was like, oh, we're going to see each other again. Like, I don't get to run away and hide from this. <laughs> like, this Oops. is a thing. And then, Megan, in case it couldn't get any worse, I thought the whole story was so funny that I wrote a comedy bit about it. And I performed it at my first ever comedy show and then had a complete panic attack backstage because that friend had just come to a burlesque show recently, like, surprise, showed up in the audience. And I suddenly had this panic, like, what if she surprise shows up at this comedy show with her boyfriend? <laughs> but I didn't have time 
to write, obviously, I was about to get on stage. I couldn't write a whole new bit. So I just got up on stage and did the whole thing, panicked. And then the next day, like, messaged her, like, hey, what'd you do last night? And she's like, oh, I just stayed home and loafed. And I was like, oh, thank God. So yes, definitely have put my foot in my mouth. That's just one example. But that one just kept on giving. That was a good one. Yeah, I think it's like, I get so nervous. And I don't, like, I don't think I'm trying to show off or anything. But I just want to show people that... I'm not as uncomfortable as I feel maybe, (laughs) you know, like you're just so awkward at a party and all the only person you want to make friends with is like the dog or the cat. Yeah. And then someone starts making a conversation and you just throw something out and you're like, wow, like they really needed to know that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A couple came to a party at my house once that I was super surprised that they showed up because I don't actually believe that anyone really likes me so I was like oh my god people I really like bothered to come to my house and I blurted out for I can't remember what the context of the conversation was but I did blurt out to the wife that I had a huge crush on her partner when we worked together years ago and I was like ha 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 but then I saw my former colleague's face like fall like what and I was like okay I (laughs) I thought I was being cool. Like, I don't, I'm not embarrassed. Like, whatever. It's life. Ha ha. Aren't we hilarious people? But like, then the couple just like stared blankly at me. And I was like, I need a timeout. Did you slow moonwalk away? I just from, I actually, this happened about six years ago. And I right now, even recounting the story, remembered the feeling of how hot my face got and Mm. how stupid I felt. Like, I just. That's the worst. Yeah. Like, so. But it like when your body almost like flushes and you're just like Mm -hmm. yeah so they can see it as well on your face and you're like you just you did it because you were trying to be like just look how chill I am right now in the first place you said something so awkward that you made them uncomfortable and then to make them even more uncomfortable you became visibly uncomfortable with your own self in their faces (laughs) like (laughs) cool you know who the coolest person is this girl right here it's the best. I'm super excited about today's guest. I know I say that every time, but I'm like obscenely excited because on today's episode, we have Monica Hamburg, who is a comedian and producer in Montreal. I have had the honor of sharing the stage with her many times. I've been in shows that she's produced and she is incredible. She has a bi-weekly Zoom show about strange things on the internet. You can find it on youtube.com slash C slash Monica Hamburg. And she also collaborates with our favorite comedian, Peter J. Radomski. Um, they do comedy films together and there's some episodes up on vimeo.com slash Forest Hills Productions. And also, if you want to know everything else Monica's up to, she has a website, monicahamburg.com. I just want to say she's freaking hilarious. She's super talented. She's one of the sweetest people I've ever met. And she really is. Wow. She's so much fun to talk to. I've gone to her before for advice when I was writing my stuff, and she was just so inspiring. Yeah. So I'm super happy to pick her brain about this particular topic because she is practically an open book on stage and it's pretty amazing it's pretty incredible and her delivery is spot on so even when she's being you know a little risque some might say or downright offensive some people might say she lands it Uh, anyway monica's amazing and uh, here she is nice to meet you megan by the way hi nice to meet you too i was gonna do that way to go jen way to go (sighs) 
Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark this off on my inadequate column. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> when on our Yelp review of being <laughs> a yeah. guest on our podcast. Oh my god, oh my god. that'd be hilarious. <laughs> they had sort of okay-ish backgrounds, but wow, no introductions even. Yeah, so. no, I was. Uh, this is yeah, unacceptable. Would not recommend. D minus. <laughs> D minus. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Monica. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. When Megan and I were talking about like different topics we could have, this topic popped out of my mouth, but like as fast as I said it out loud, I saw your face in my head. And um, partially because you were doing like a little, um, not little, but you were having people over for a while to do a writing groups where other comics yeah. could like go through pre covid everyone pre covid yes. yeah, yes yes sorry <laughs> totally legal <laughs> no seriously are you going to put that like in the yelp review? Review? <laughs> yes it's going the yelp remember review. last week monica when you had all those people over in your yeah. living room remember that and we were all like making out and stuff and then like rubbing masks over each other's faces yeah that was swapping that was great. swapping the masks swapping Swap, licking each swapping other's masks, masks. licking um. each other's face all oh, those yep. were good times last week yeah uh yeah no pre-covid yes you're right so i had a group of people when we got together to write i love that that would even be a thing pre-covid like it was okay that we all licked each other's faces at writing <laughs> room it was before covid yeah, we um, could do whatever right. you wanted back then. <laughs> we had a writing situation one day uh, where I was at your place uh, legally and I had told you that I really wanted to write um, a bit about the time that I ran out of a burning building with my kids and then and dog and probably many cats and left them in a bus shelter so I could run back in the house and save the box of their dad's ashes. And I did this and then I ran back outside to the bus shelter and I stood there and me and the kids all like just burst out laughing. Like we all realized at the same time what I had just done and we started laughing. So I was trying to tell you, like, I really wanna do this bit, but every time I tell someone the story, they just look at me like, well, first, I'm really sorry to hear about your ex, and like, and they just get super uncomfortable. Yeah, like, do, do I apologize? Like, do I say sorry for the you're being homeless or? Uh, <laughs> right, then, it's hard to choose. You know, <laughs> what are you going to feel empathy for? Yeah. yeah, and they're often like, "Oh my god, that's awful. That must have been so traumatizing." Like, I'm really sorry, and then it's just like, "No, it's hilarious." Like, we laugh. We thought, okay, no. So I was telling you, like, is this a funny scenario? Like, is this, a, is it just me and my kids? Like, I'll have to just do this bit in the living room at Christmas because no one else will ever care. And you um, actually showed me a handful of comics who were able to talk about their depression and anxiety and like dealing with a very close friend's suicide or roommate or something suicide and like really really heavy shit but who really managed to pull it off and um I can't think of any of them off the top of my head but one person I think who nails it is Shane Torres when he talks about like the difficulties he went through with his father and stuff uh, growing up and as a young adult and that was one of the things that blew my mind about him I was like how he can talk about something so depressing 
and and that should make us all want to like hold him in our arms and like rock but it's gonna be okay it's over but he does it in such a relatable way so even if that hasn't happened to you it tugs on anything even remotely along the same lines but then also somehow is hilarious enough to like yeah. not leave you feeling like wow why did he just unload that on us <laughs> <laughs> so um there's that and then also whether you're doing stand-up comedy or your podcast or your shows that you produce exposing <laughs> all the creepy people who send you horrible messages <laughs> on Craigslist and Kijiji and wherever. Um, like you really open the doors wide open. Mm. I'm sure there's all kinds of other stuff that we don't see, but the doors are pretty wide open <laughs> and there seems to be a lot that's not, you know, that is not off limits. Right. So what fascinates me is that you also do this in a way that is like you talk about some stuff that is so gross that if someone else talked about it, I would just be like, why am I here? And why did I pay money for this? <laughs> but when you do it, did it's I ever make so you pay funny. money for it? <laughs> you can't get zero dollars back, Jennifer, okay? <laughs> but I have like cried laughing when you're talking about something that probably if someone else talked about, I, I would just be like, this is so dumb. So um, I find it fascinating that some comics can talk about these things and it really just feels like it's just for the sake of shock value or easy laughs mm. or whatever. And it's not fun. And the room can just sit there and stare blankly at them and be like, mm. why? And then someone else can be as open or vulgar or heavy and the, and have the, the room like completely enthralled. So mm. I know part of it obviously is about the delivery but also I feel like you, and maybe I'm wrong and you're gonna be like, nope, just, I tell everyone everything. But I, feel, <laughs> I feel like you have a really good sense of like what, what things are worth sharing with people. I hope I do. I mean, I think I do, but you know, I'm a comedian. I'm in love with myself partially. So <laughs> I have no perspective as to whether or not anything I do is, is, is real in the sense of like, no, she's really a good person. Like I could be an ax murderer, but I'm like, well, I think I'm pretty fucking great. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, for an ax murderer, for an ax murderer, I got a lot of empathy. I mean, there's probably a range even with ax murderers, you know, probably some of them are really nice, like, you know, 10% of the time uh <laughs> i'm not defending experts i'm just saying there's probably a range uh, <laughs> no but, they let me borrow a cup of sugar that one time so yeah he was very sweet some of these people have families they're decent to you know and then they're axe murdering other people you know it's it's really strange they're not just uh, going around axe murdering willy-nilly there's like no, a... no they're very specific with their axe murdering. you know what they're like they're kind of replicating what i'm doing with comedy they're very careful about like the specific people they killed and so no all right uh <laughs> oh, everyone who doesn't know me and does and likes you guys that's the way i like to start that's my authentic self i think, I think your new tagline should be the axe murderer of comedy oh i love it i love it it yeah. rivals the other one I had, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll keep that some. I'll, I'll keep the other one in the back burner. Um, I uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I am very. I don't want to say careful. Uh, I feel like I really do understand what is too revealing for me. 
And, uh, and that's really the barometer. I mean, I, there are people in my life I care about and I would never want to hurt them. So obviously I gauge that to some extent, uh, but I'm also, it is important for me to be truthful and it is important for me to share just the things that I like. There are things I don't talk about. There's lots of stuff I don't talk about. And, uh, and then I also, yeah, I don't do anything for shock value. Like I genuine people that, that may be surprising when people watch my comedy, (laughs) but to me, it isn't shocking. That's the thing. Like whenever people do get grossed out or surprised, I'm always a little bit surprised. I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't, you know, like, especially because it's like, sometimes it's somebody, something somebody else has done and it's, or said to me, and I'm like, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't, I didn't write this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. But like, I, I mean, what, how dramatic are we going to be about it? Like, yeah, I get it. It's gross, you know, but I guess my thing is, well, uh, are we going to talk about it or not? I don't want to feel uh, like I can't talk about someone else being disgusting, I guess, is the thing, especially mm. because that's such a common thing with with the dudes that we experience sometimes is it's like, I am tired of hiding their issues. I am tired. I am tired of someone sexually harassing me and then my being like, well, I got to cover for that person. I'm like, no, 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 that's okay. It's it's time. So there's there's that. I don't know if that answered the question. I don't know if there was a question. I don't but know if there's, a, there's no questions on this show. We just like tell you stuff and then wait and see if you say something back. <laughs> I will always say something back. I am like the Teddy Ruskin of comedy now. Like just if you pull you pull the thing and I'm like I'll talk, I'll talk, whatever you want. You feel like you're you have the same. Um, so now I'm going to ask you a question just so I sound important. Um, <laughs> Go for it. I'm excited about it. <laughs> No, but do you think that you have this, you give yourself the same liberty in stand-up storytelling, your writing, um, your podcast, like you, um, she does so many things, this lady, but like, do you feel like you have, give yourself the same room in all of those outlets or do you feel like there's a different place for the different stuff? Okay, I'll say that most of the time, they are similar. The only difference I can say is that uh, I've done storytelling and the ones, one of the only places that I like to do storytelling is with this uh, group called the Stories We Don't Tell in Toronto when I lived there. And uh, and ho- hopefully some other time when I go back and and, and I'm able to do their show again, but uh, temporarily, I want to stay at Montreal. But the, the I that is the rare occasions where I have said things that I only want an audience of 50 people to hear. Mm. And then that's all it is, you know, and the things I might talk about are like, obviously my, my ex-boyfriend and just maybe the reasons that we, we broke up and like, in kind of, you know, and not in a super, I don't know, maybe it is somewhat detailed, but in more of a sense of like, this is a room of like 50 people, but I'm not going to broadcast the issues <laughs> we had because he's a lovely person that I care deeply about. Uh, but I can, you know, have a conversation with like 10, 50 people, 10 to 15 people, depending. I was, <laughs> I was lucky to have an audience of like under 20 for a very, very intense story I told. But yeah, things like that, where it's like more private, where I wouldn't want someone necessary, where I wouldn't want it to be broadcast, but I feel like in that space, it's nice to have. This is how you can tell the difference between a performer and a not performer. Okay. Because like to a non-performer, if they heard you say, like, it's not something I would broadcast publicly. <laughs> Just to a room of about, like, 50 strangers. Just, you know, like, do some private. Just a small kind of group. Just, like, just like <laughs> my closest friends. <laughs> I've mostly never met before. But aside from that, 
Yeah, yeah that's everyone. better though. Isn't that easier sometimes? When so it's much people, easier. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Somebody asked me recently actually about how, because I talk about a lot of personal stuff on stage and they said something like, oh, I don't know how you do that. Like it must be so uncomfortable. And it's something about how outgoing I am and stuff like that. And I said, well, like I definitely have moments where I'm outgoing, but like if I was in a room of four people, I'm not sure I would tell that story. Mm. Like, unless they really were my closest friends. But if I was in a room with four strangers standing face to face with them, probably wouldn't tell them that story. But there's something about being on the stage and having just enough distance that I feel safe, just enough emotional distance because I don't, I don't really worry what they think of me as an actual human being. <laughs> like yeah. this is it. And you can go home and never see me again if you want to. Like that's not a problem. You're not my partner or or my close friend. Um and then I don't know. It's funny because I feel like I don't know if you ever feel this way. But I feel like I'm actually more myself on stage some of the time. Like I spend a lot of my public speaking time like at work or you know, in social situations sure. where I don't know people and I'm not very invested and I don't really feel like I'm hundred percent my genuine self. But when I get on stage, I can actually just be like, okay, it's me. And they can like me or not like me. I definitely feel that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like obviously work-wise or things like that, I'm putting on somewhat of a facade. I need to be very nice. I would need to be like a decent human being to people, right? Because I, I, I believe that is a good way to be, but also it's annoying. Uh, and there are definitely times where it's just like, Hey, you know, there are aspects of my personality that are not the best. And uh, let's talk about those sides. Cause that's, that's important because I feel like that's where we all really connect or the, the parts that aren't perfect of us. And I, I, you know, I, I don't, I think we're having more of those conversations now, but it's this idea that we have to be perfect and nobody is like tormented or, you know, anything. No one is depressed. Nobody is anxious. Nobody has ridiculous thoughts all the time about how they're going to be fired, even though no one said they were going to be fired. Like, you know, those things. Like, I want us to talk about those things because when someone else says, I feel this way, it's like, oh, thank God. That means I'm not completely insane. I'm always surprised when audience members come up to me and say, oh, thank you so much for saying that thing. Oh, it made me feel so much better. It happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was just airing my dirty laundry. I didn't know if I was alone or not. Yeah, it's so comforting. It's yeah. so deeply comforting. Like when somebody, like somebody wrote me on Twitter yesterday when I was like saying something and, and you know, basically just about like how I, I, I'm absolutely feeling right now during the pandemic, like I have to remind myself of things I've done that, that I've accomplished or who I was, because I, I'm definitely feeling like, well, I'm 46 and it's a pandemic and I'm not getting younger and uh, I am a fuck up. And so, you know, there's, but it's pervasive right now. It's like, I have to, I'm, I'm meditating and I'm doing all this stuff and, and trying to like center myself, but like, you know, it feels very empty in some ways. Uh, um, career-wise or whatever and it's frustrating and so then I wrote something to that extent that I was reminding myself of like a past career I had to be like oh I shit I did that and I was good at it like I I have done shit I I, I I'm not completely a loser at 46 uh, and then someone wrote me and said like that's the turmoil of being creative I, I also constantly feel like I'm not doing anything when like from anyone else's perspective, I'm doing a lot. And I was like, okay, it's, I said, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I am deeply comforted that somebody else feels that way. 
sorry, not sorry. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, I wish you weren't tormented. I also wish I wasn't tormented. You know? So like, <laughs> let's go get therapy together. But also, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Megan and I just literally share a therapist. Um, Megan. Oh my God, amazing. Okay. <laughs> well, not at the same time. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Megan, when you're writing, you're writing fiction. And when you're performing burlesque, you're doing it in character. But do you ever yeah. feel like even in your writing and through your burlesque persona that you're that you get a chance to sort of show a part of your real self that you don't normally get to? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But like, I don't think it's like the same as what you guys do for comedy. Cause I don't know, but maybe it's also like not in my personality to push too much, you know, like I wouldn't, like, I've never gone like, Ugh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Not with burlesque anyways. Um, but with writing, like if something was getting a little too um, risque or a little too, um, you know, like violent or something where I go, Ugh, like now do I need to put a warning at the beginning of my book in case it triggers somebody, you know, and then I'll kind of get stuck in my head about that where I'm second guessing myself. It's like, no, it's important to the story. You got to write it nice so it's easy to understand and keeps the reader there but at the same time it's like I don't want someone to slam it shut and say this is like absolutely terrible or I can't believe this was in there and I had no idea so it's the fear of like maybe not knowing because you don't have that audience there live with you oh that's true you don't have an immediate reaction you're like I'm just gonna put this out there and yeah hopefully it's landing wherever it's landing yeah exactly like but yeah, I think that's from my from my view. Like, you guys have it a lot different than than for writing. And with burlesque, I mean, I don't do anything crazy. You know, like I'm not going. Oh, this would be a really good idea to like. I'm not looking to. No, but is there like a part of it that you feel like is a part of just even if it's not um, shocking, just a part of you that you get to share on stage that you don't normally feel comfortable. I usually don't show that much skin at work. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you sure? It's like I don't yeah. usually show up in pasties and a g-string. To well, I guess my work's unusual, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, I show definitely a lot more confidence on stage than, and like you were saying, like you, you're showing a different version of yourself at work. You're, you know, you're being professional. You're not. It's like you're not, I can't think of the word, like not, I can't say like relaxed, but it's like you're always like, make sure, you know, you don't swear. If you do, make sure you do it very low and just to yourself. One of the things I love about being doing burlesque is that I get to just be the person that I want to be. So, and I don't mean the nudity. I mean, like when the audience, if there's a table in the audience that is talking while I'm performing, I will walk up to them and slam my foot down on their table and be like, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that at work. Or I can't. Monica probably can. <laughs> she's already, she's no. naked at work. Uh, I'm, all, I'm already naked. So I have the authority. That's how that works. Yes. <laughs> Whoever's naked, it has the scepter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but just but as yes. an example, like stuff like that, or I can talk to, I don't know, I, I don't ever want to 
be terribly mean to any that's a lie but I mostly don't want to be terribly mean to anybody so it's not like I'm not doing anything bad on stage it's just that I yeah there's an air of of confidence to the point where I can say whatever I want to say and act however I want to act that I can't do even in the grocery store without feeling like "Mm, not cool Jen someone's not going fast enough in front of you (laughs) you slam your foot down onto the cash hey hey (laughs) yeah you can be a lot more outspoken in comedy like a lot more direct on stage than you would ever be in real life right because that's the format it's they expect you to be they expect all the loud obnoxiousness of me to shine in a way that I can't fully showcase that in my daily life or at work it's super fun when people start to get to know you and then then the audience is like oh are you gonna do this bit tonight or are you gonna sing that song tonight and I'm like oh you're so cute you want to sing that terrible nasty horrible song about my girlfriend and how I can't stand her and (laughs) like it's my favorite I brought my friends to see it tonight I hope you're doing it it's like it's great your girlfriend's just glaring across the room (laughs) Don't wow, you, you did that. <laughs> you did Sorry, that. they're asking for it. I wasn't going to. I just, but the audience, I mean, I have to give them what they want. Monica, do you think that there is anything that's off limits? I mean, I think my only off limits is like, one of the things I thought about is that I have the same policy for comedy as I do about nudity in that I am very comfortable with nudity in certain aspects, but I feel like if people aren't comfortable if they don't want to be nude they shouldn't feel pressured to be nude if that's not a thing you know if there's not underlying issues of whatever you know societal problems that are you know pervasive which of course there might be but as a general sense if you don't want people to take naked pictures of you that's okay too like you need to find the line that is right for you because you know other people are doing it doesn't have any thing to do with you and so that's how I feel about my line for comedy is that there are things that maybe are too personal for whatever reason I haven't worked through them uh, enough or they're uh, you know about people that I don't want to hurt and it's a little mean you know or it makes them come across badly it's rare that I think that it's rare but it is it is sometimes a consideration but for the rest of the time it's well what is my comfort level is is this something that would tremendously embarrass me to say it. Do I think, you know, like, yeah. It, it won't usually be because I'm scared of saying it because I have a policy against not stopping myself if I'm scared. So I'd be like, I guess I gotta talk about this, but I, yeah, it's really whatever my line feels like. But yeah, there's definitely things I don't talk about. Have you ever had like, you know, foot and mouth kind of thing where you say something and then you immediately like I don't know how I'm going to come back from this like how do I back out of this without like screwing myself over how do I come back from this because I like, look so bad on stage like I'm yeah. saying something like oh yeah. I mean I, I I can't tell you a specific instance because the the good thing about having one of the worst memories of anyone I've ever known is that it protects me against all the stupid shit I do. I remember the feeling. So I know it's happened because I remember how cringy I felt. Uh, there, there's just stuff I just, yeah, I just do dumb things sometimes because there's an aspect of me that's an idiot. <laughs> there's, I'm a smart person, but there's also like a real idiot side. And sometimes that idiot side just pushes her way out. And then I say something and then I'm on stage and I'm like, okay, they hate me. Uh, and so, <laughs> and, and sometimes I can get them back and sometimes I can't. So there's like, 
was, um, I was going to say, you know, it takes a lot of time, you know, and I'm working at it and, you know, it would help if I could get on stage, but you know, <laughs> I know there's bigger problems in the world. So like <laughs> that's a low priority is getting the stages back, but you know, just, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Look, the, the gyms are threatening to, to open because they're so worried about the mental health of people who can afford gym memberships. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, certainly there's no underlying agenda. <laughs> no, I, mean, I get it where everyone's coming from because you can't operate a business if you can't operate a business, right? Like there's, it's, I, see, I see that aspect of it. However, yes, exactly. No one's doing it altruistically. That's like, you know, people need to laugh. Can we just, I, I, gotta, I gotta say. run my shows because people gotta laugh. Laughter is the best medicine. So mm, yeah. I guess we have to open the club. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I have to say, and I won't, I can't talk for some reason. Do you need more Sorry. wine? As per, as per Rick, that he commented that we need more wine. Oh, yes. One of our listeners said that we need to drink more wine during this. So Rick, I'm doing this for you. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to drink tonight, but... You're like, well, give the listeners what they want. That's what I say. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't want to be a jerk and I love exercise and exercise people, but um, <laughs> I just want to say that I work in nonprofit with mostly like a vulnerable demographic of people, none of whom can afford to go to any gym. Yeah. And so when I, <laughs> when I saw the um, incredible amount of ranting about how it was for the mental health of the people I was like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I had that very childish like well I'm a comedian and guess what they say is the real medicine <laughs> <laughs> the Romanian dead leaf make me happy <laughs> um all right what about do either of you guys think that there should be a line for other people like do you ever, have you ever seen someone perform or read something, reading's a bit hardier, 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 hmm. reading's more difficult because- Well, more wine. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> I don't do any more of that reading. I listen to stuff now, so I get this. All right, I can't talk yet because I haven't had enough wine. All right, I'm going to reframe my question. Ready? <clears throat> so we all have our own personal limits, or at least the two of you do. I don't even know what mine are, and I usually find out too late when I do discover them. But what about for other people? Do you feel that people have a social responsibility to be mindful of this in any way? I mean, I think we all have a responsibility to not tell somebody else's story unless it involves us. That's my belief. Mm. So yeah, if it happened to somebody else, then that's not your story to tell. If it happened, if they, someone did something to you, then that becomes your story to tell. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think the line is. And I think that obviously I would not be thrilled to have somebody talk about me if that didn't involve, if I had no connection with them and what they, and that, you know, or especially if they talked about something they never talked about with me to me, like if they were, if they were my friend and they did comedy and they're like, you know what, Monica, God, you said the <laughs> stupidest thing the other day. And then they went on about it. And it's like, I'm right here. Like we could have actually just worked this out. That would be infuriating. It does happen sometimes where someone will post something on social media and it's like, look, I know that was about me and I thought we talked it out, but okay, that's, <laughs> I guess go ahead, right? I, I'm not that good about it, actually. I get really like, that's when I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's me, but I don't, you know, I don't say that in public because I'm like, well, now I've explained that I'm the idiot. So, but deep add down, I'm like, really? Anyway. And then adds list to axe murdering victims. 
I am just going to make a confession right now. And then I want to know what Megan's answer is to that question. My confession is that I am extremely immature and also get very obsessive about things. And so I get stuck on a loop sometimes. So I not very long ago had a fantasy, like a full blown teenage fantasy of someone being in the audience and me just tearing into them, not directly, but just like, just telling the whole audience about what a jerk this person is without naming them, but like so clever, like it was just brilliant. Everyone at their table for sure knew that I was talking about that person, like just, and I went through it and I got stuck on a loop and I repeated it like 10 times, 20 times until I had the, the whole thing beautifully orchestrated, perfect. And then I was like, like I'm in a made for TV after school special for like 12 year olds. <laughs> like this is a 12 year old girl's fantasy that you're having. Are you okay with this? Maybe like, you can go and no. write for like Degrassi or something. It was so embarrassing. Even though it was in my head, I was just like, no one look at me. First of all, I'm like a seven-year-old child in general. I want to agree with your immaturity because I have revenge fantasies like legit all the time. Uh, <laughs> all too. the time. It's almost all I do. Uh, <laughs> sometimes revenge like sometimes I'll think about conversations that happened like three years ago and like feel pissy about them and then I'm like Monica you're getting enraged about something that is like a hundred percent not an issue anymore and and it is not ever going to be resolved in any like magical way it's been resolved because it's not a problem and like just go away um so I want to say that I am immature (laughs) Um, Megan do you think that there's a line that should be drawn by people I mean, like Monica said, I mean, don't tell other people's stories because I find that it's more gossip than anything. Um, I don't know. And I think it all depends on the delivery because like I've seen female comics talk vulgar and it can be hilarious. Like we went to the Nasty Show like a few summers ago and both the men and women, I mean, it was amazing. But then you have some comedians that come out and they just say something you're like, yeah, no, that was a little too much. So I think it really just depends on delivery and yeah, like not going for the shock value, like just seeing, like be genuine about what you're saying and not putting on an act, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think that, well, I do think people have a social responsibility. I don't believe in censorship. I just wish that people would be responsible enough not to say things that they know will be extremely damaging to other people. Well, specifically innocent people. I don't, I hate that stuff. It really bugs me, but it's not that I feel like there should be a law, you know, or that they should be fined for not, for saying these things. I just really personally won't ever pay money to see that person again, or I don't like it, or I just lose respect for that person as an artist or, or whatever the, the situation is, depending, because I've definitely been in situations where I'm listening to somebody say something like so stupid and gross and, and not even like definitely just for shock value. Yeah. And you know, they're hurting someone a lot who doesn't deserve that. And, and they get the laughs, people laugh because some other people are dumb too. And then some other people laugh. I've laughed at jokes that weren't funny just because I'm even shocked. Like I, I will like just sort of spontaneously laugh and then stop and be like, what's happening? I don't understand what's happening right now. This doesn't feel good. Why am I like- Or you're just so this? uncomfortable that you just kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, like you were saying, if you know what you're kind of, 
you know, if you know what you're getting into, like we went to the nasty show, I don't expect anything, but like super vulgar. Like I expect to cringe. I expect to be, you know, shocked, but some creepy, you know, drunk uncle at a Christmas party talking about some young chick or, you know, some racist jokes. It's like, no, no, that's no. That's that's not good. Another example, actually, is that I, I, you guys might not appreciate her comedy I, or this joke specifically or not, but um, Sarah Quinn has a joke where she talks about how her boyfriend at the time had a child and she, Sarah, didn't want kids and she didn't know how to act around his child. And he was like, oh, just treat her the same way you, you would your own. And, and then she said, I can't deliver her joke. I'm not even gonna try, but she says something about like, so I started poking her with a hanger. <laughs> and I heard to me, every I've heard her deliver that joke like 20 times and I've laughed every single time. And I am a mom and I love babies and I don't like violence, <laughs> but like the way it is so not aggressive in my point of view, and it is so not believable and silly that like I find it hilarious but I have heard that other people were deeply offended by this joke so there's also that sort of interesting part where there's just like I mean you for sure can't be mindful of every single audience member and and their sensibilities but there's also just the perception of a joke one person can be like wow that was really low poking a child with a hanger and I'm like crying and and calling my kids hey go look up this comic she's so funny (laughs) like I have those thoughts all the time is like or somebody because because I am a dick you know like there (laughs) I have some dick thoughts like I mean I genuinely don't like children and I I feel as, as Sarah would be like that you know basically like if if I had one it it would not exist. It would not, it would not live long. Okay. So, but I know that and that's why I don't have one. Uh, but that does not endear me to a lot of the population. And it's things like that, that if I'm honest about, it doesn't really endear me, but, but it is who I am. And so I, it's, it's hard. It's hard when it's like, okay, but I'm not telling anybody else they shouldn't do whatever. I'm not saying you shouldn't have kids. I'm just saying I'm not capable of it and I don't want it. And I don't want to be told that it's the right thing for me to do because I have a vagina or whatever the reasoning is. Um, but so I get really annoyed about that. But uh, I, I guess I, I had a point before I got angry about people telling me my whole life to have children. Uh, so I was just to, <laughs> just have a moment, process it, take just, the time you need. Just a little bit, still, still smarting about that. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're not saying, if that's your truth and you're not, like if you say something racist and that's your truth, okay, still shut up, right? <laughs> I guess I still don't want to hear that. So even though that is your truth, racist uncle at the uh, on stage, I don't want to hear that. But I think that you should be, it's hard because there's topics that you should be able to c- cover, but some people are still going to be offended, right? Like if you, you know, let's do the, for instance, uh, a rape joke. Like I feel like, you know, if you're a woman, you can, I don't want to say a or a man or whatever, but I don't want to say you can't do a rape joke, but who's the, you know, obviously it's like, who's the intended target is the, is the joke about someone being raped and how that's cool or okay or funny, which it isn't, then that's a problem. But for me, if the joke is how absurd certain perspectives are, then for me, it's, it's okay to talk about the topic in general, but I understand that that's not how everybody feels, right? And that if you haven't uh, obviously a traumatic experience, you're not 
totally happy to hear someone talk about that in any way sometimes. And so it, it's, it's a fine line and it's all, it, it scares me and it stresses me to, to think about it sometimes. Cause I've never in, I never have, I never want anyone to go away from my comedy being sad. That's like a hundred percent, not what I'm doing comedy for. And at the same time, uh, I do want to be able to talk about things that I think are funny. If I am looking at it in a respectful light. If I am weighing it, I'm not just saying it off the top of my head, Here, here's something I thought about. But if I've really weighed it, it's a very long-winded answer to say that I don't know. <laughs> but that's what I'm good at. That's my brand. But do you guys think that, um, because you said the thing about racism and rape, for example, like it's definitely different if some 18-year-old or 70-year-old at an open mic night delivers that joke and probably the room is mostly just silent. Do you think that guy has any less responsibility delivering that joke than a celebrity, for example? In a way. I, I mean, it, it makes me more angry when it's a celebrity because I'm like, oh, there are a lot of people who think you're fine and you're saying this and that upsets me. And that's like, a, you know, that's... Like, I think that's consistent as a woman is just to sit there and be like, if I hear one more fucking guy do that. And then she said, with the, you know, the voice and the shopping and all the stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm sure those women exist, but why are you dating women that you have such disdain for? Mm. (laughs) Maybe start dating people who don't, you know, think about their, don't take seven hours to get ready or whatever it is that you have a problem with. But like, don't say it like it's a thing that's, defines all women and also like why is your taste so bad again like I just I'm so frustrated and there's Mm -hmm. famous comics that do that and I get very annoyed but I get annoyed because I've heard that my whole life and it doesn't define me but it really it's not like I take it personally but I also know how many people are going yep that's what women are like and it's like oh for fuck's sake yeah that's how I feel and it annoys me go on (laughs) I can't no I'm angry I need to go more wine. More wine. <laughs> yeah, maybe Megan has a question. I have some processing to do. Here. <laughs> I <don't... laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm like a hundred percent with you guys on that. Yeah, those yeah, now I'm angry about those jokes too. <laughs> all right, great. Let's just all be angry together. Let's just all be oh. angry and drink oh. wine. We only have like twenty more minutes to sit here and be mad together. Um <laughs> okay, so question if it's not your story to tell it's not your story to tell if you're in the story it's your story to tell what about you have an ex who did some really garbage shit to you like pretty garbage shit because they did it to you is can you just like like all of it it's all out I don't mean like what are you comfortable with but I just mean like do you feel like they did it so they shouldn't have done it if they don't want people to know about it oh yeah oh yeah you know, and they knew they're they were not cool. Them. I'm like, okay, good. Excellent. 100%. <laughs> good. Because <laughs> Jennifer knows my boyfriend. You don't. A lovely guy. And, uh, and one of his friends said like, yeah, it's really brave of you to date Monica, uh, <laughs> which is always a statement. I love hearing. I love, I love that. It's like, you know, some sort of fortitude <laughs> they have to have to be able to be with someone like me. Uh, but, but this person, you know, this person meant it kindly, but, uh, but said basically, Basically, well, you know, she's a comedian, and if you break up, she will tell jokes about you. And he's like, 
I have thought of this our whole relationship. <laughs> He's like, I know that's gonna happen. I, she's, and the thing is, I was like, I'm already telling jokes about you. <laughs> like that's, that's already something I'm doing when things are good. So like, I can't think of what they'd be now because we're doing well. But yeah, if you broke up with me, I sure would have some jokes. But that's how I deal with things. And yeah, I think if somebody did something mean to me uh, specifically, then I, I, yeah, then that's for sure me. Why do I have to protect them? Why, why can't that? be something I talk about. I'm tired of protecting people who are dicks. I'm so tired of it. I, I hear you and I got nothing so far. I've gotten nothing out of any of my partnerships or marriages, like financially. So I figure like, at least I have material, you know what I'm walking. Oh, yeah, we'll, call okay. it, we'll call this alimony. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, we should at least be something. Good Lord. Um, Monica put on, uh, I'm sure she's put on many, but this is specific to this conversation. Monica put on a show where uh, a few of us, some even literally displayed, including Monica on the wall, online messages that they got, like people, like DMs that they got that were totally not okay. So we were sharing the kinds of messages we got from people and and just saying the person's names. <laughs> It and was I, a small group of only 50. No, but it was, it was a one of those small, group tiny groups of 50 strangers. But it was a fairly small group. <laughs> but I honestly, I had a pang of guilt even when I was doing it, even though the messages were horrible. But at the same time, it, I found it incredibly cathartic just to out loud say, I got this message and this is what it said. And then to hear the whole audience going, what? Oh my God. <laughs> And I milked the hashtag not all Brian's for the longest time after that. <laughs> but it was so like, right? Like looking at the audience, like, okay, right? Like this is not okay, right? But no, like going back to like when you guys were talking about messages that people send you, I don't think, I mean, the person that sends you that message knows what they're doing. Right. You know, so I saw a couple there was one where a girl anytime she got a dick pic she would look this person up find who their mother was and send them screenshots and saying hey i just want to uh, let you know that while he's away studying at college this is the way that he believes to approach a woman and then she would send screenshots of the conversations and of the dick pics i would I, I heard of that and it was amazing yeah wow Amazing. Or, and then I heard another girl, when she got dick pics, she would go online and find like dick pics, but with like diseases or anything like that. And then send it back. And they're like, what, you, what the fuck? Why are you sending me these disgusting dick pics? It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. You don't want them either. Oh, I oh yeah, I was confused. Yeah. All yeah, right. Like, I thought we were sharing. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, like, if they're going to put it out there and make you uncomfortable and it's not welcome, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's open. You can use that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I hit a point where I was like, why are we protecting them? I, I mean, I genuinely, most of the time, even censor people's names. I, uh, the, the twice that I didn't do it was the one time on our show because it was a closed environment. Uh, I think I've censored that guy's or just paraphrase that guy's messages mm -hmm. before just, you know, we have a mutual friend and, you know, I'm being excessively kind in that that mutual friend does not need to know that his friend is such a dick when it comes to women. And maybe it's, you know, it's just, 
whatever. It's not worth the energy. Um, but, uh, and then the other time I did it was, and I, I love this one. Um, <laughs> cause if I only remember how I phrased it, because I was like, this is one of my rare moments of like real cleverness. Uh, but I was in a park and, um, it was the summertime and it was a time where we could sit on in a park on on seats and there is in one of the parks we have here and it's the one i think near barry ucam metro uh there's an area where like if, if all the other seats are taken there's a, a, an area where basically all the seats are kind of in a circle but you're not you're not touching the seat but it's in a circle obviously just just the way it's set up it's a wide circle um so i was like okay i guess i'll sit here and all this detail is going to be relevant in a moment i promise you i'm not just like setting a very boring scene like some bad theater student and then there were chairs and they were wood paneled and I sat 12 inches away from the man and the man sat 18 inches away from me no okay that gets to a point and so I was, I was on my phone and uh I had an understanding that there were people around me but I also had an understanding that nobody was very close to me and that I was on my phone alone in my own mental environment and uh, I was writing to my lover at the time. And uh, so I said something like, you know, I uh, see he wrote something and I said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wet thinking about you or something like that. And then I, whatever, something happened. I went on with my life and blah, blah, blah. And then about a week later, I saw in my message requests in Instagram that a man who was at the park at the time, who I guess was seated right next to me, had looked over my shoulder, saw what I was typing, noted down my name and had sent me a message and his message was, are you still, I saw you, I was at the park near you, are you still wet? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And like the rage just like boiled up inside me. Cause I'm like, you know what? I guess you were reading my messages. That's not cool, but I could even understand the temptation to do that. But to then think you have the right to message me as though that's a come on and somehow I will be like, yeah, I am still wet and I, boy, do I want to fuck the guy who was staring and reading my messages unsolicited because he seems like a real catch. Uh, and so, uh, so I was like boiling. And again, I normally do not post anyone's like name and picture, but I was like, ah, and I posted it and I said, um, I, I wrote the context and then I wrote, I mean, I guess maybe you don't want someone posting your name and picture I guess that's what you would consider privacy. And, but it was something like that. It was smarter than that, but it was something like that. And I was like, I guess that you have like some basic expectation of privacy. And, and, uh, and, and then what was great about this was, and I had no intention. I just posted because I was angry and because I felt like I had the right to do it. I was like, you can, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, and I didn't think about people writing him. It didn't occur to me that it would be. But what was great was like, people wrote him and one person wrote he, all his the people in his friends list to be like hey here's the here's what your friend does in parks and here's the kind of thing he writes to and then the guy shut his account down now by the way just because we got we we need to know that like life is brutally unfair in its own way uh the pictures this guy had up was of him and his kid so I just need you to know, and who is a girl. So I need you to know <sighs> that it's not okay. The world is not okay. But people just like shamed him until he actually, he, he blocked, you know, like he, he shut down his account. He took all his stuff away. I still have his name in case he ever puts his account up. I can say hi, because <laughs> I miss our conversation. <laughs> but it was fun. I actually did share just in an Instagram story. It was fleeting, but like, 
Montreal blog or buzz whatever gossip blah blah posted on Instagram the other day like super clickbait like gyms are closing and people are outraged because mental health and I commented on the article not to a person just on the article I wrote uh, like it said something like what will we do if we can't go to the gyms or something like that and I wrote we're gonna save lives instead Woo! with like a little party streamer thing <laughs> which of course enraged people and because apparently people were very offended by this and just started in on me like Jennifer when's the last time a person like this is the worst I hate it when people do this they were insulting me by saying stupid shit like no one who's been to a gym has had COVID and I'm like okay well my gym got closed down because of COVID but that's cool like just like just lies like whatever and and just insulting me and then sends the final insult but blocks me immediately. So I, I get a notification oh, that they said that. something, but then I can't yeah. see it. But I have like a thousand, like I have like my vegan nutrition coaching account and I have my burlesque performer account. Like I just have too many accounts on Instagram. So I just go and look at it from a different one and see that he's just being insulting and rude. So I just like took a snapshot and posted it in my story. Like, and he's a personal trainer. Like he has clients, like he's a public professional person so I was like yes everyone go get yourself a trainer who calls women he doesn't know a Karen <laughs> like go get yourself a personal trainer who trolls the internet insulting people he doesn't even know like it, it but I was just like well he posted it publicly yeah. so everyone else in the world could see what he said to me yeah. except for me <laughs> so I was <laughs> yeah, like exactly. no it yeah. was for you. So it's all for you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to do that. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I don't usually, I'm not usually petty, like, but it's like, kind of like what you were saying. It's like, no, you don't get to do that though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you overstuck. No. Do you think, I already think I know your answer to this, but do you think that, how can I word this differently? How can I word this creatively? Do you think that most creative people are a little bit crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I think that everyone is insane. Like, I think everyone has like areas in which they're completely a mess. And, and you don't know that until you know them. Generally, some people are like a mess in like 20 areas and it's super obvious. But I think that for the most part, you know, there's, there's a few areas where you're like, oh, I see you, you, you don't understand how to operate a computer. Okay. You know, like, let's <laughs> just, it'll, it'll be things where you're like, I, you know, like if anyone, when they know me, they're like, oh my God, you are the least domestic person I have ever met. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's things and that's not that's just one of the many issues but anyway the short answer to that is yes I think that everybody is a little bit crazy I think performers or, or creative people or artists in any way or like definitely because they're they're always trying to access like truth and truth in like connections with people and reality of like re the real truth of like the things that happen and the way we interact and whatever. And I think that when you do that, uh, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> it, takes, it takes its toll to think is what I'm trying to tell you. It's very, it's deeply draining. Oh my God, I love that so much. When I was growing up, uh, my parents are very, very conservative. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. 
I also went to uh, an all girls uh, Catholic school, but there's like, but that, is, that was like, that was the best part of my life. So I tell how much, how restrictive the rest of my life was. Cause that was like almost freedom, like almost. So <laughs> but when I was growing up, like I was really made to feel like in school and with my parents that legit everything about me was wrong. Like everything was wrong. Who I was was wrong. I shouldn't feel the things I feel. I shouldn't be the kind of person I am. And so I think that like, as I like started to become an adult, I was like, I don't want to pretend, you know, I don't want to pretend to be somebody in order for people to accept me. And I want to, I want, you know, like there are areas, obviously I can't be the vulgar mess I am like in every domain we discussed, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I figure like with my friendships and when I'm on stage and whatever, like what else do I have except who I am? And mm. if that's not good enough, then that's okay. It's not going to be good enough for a lot of people, but you know, it's like, you know, occasionally someone will be like, well, you shouldn't be, because I have a show, one of the shows I do is Pornomedy, which is a show about, you know, it's comedy about porn and then people are like well you, you know brand yourself like in a, a really kind of vulgar light and it's like well what am I gonna do like am I just gonna wait for someone to give me some magical opportunity that isn't based on who I am or am I gonna create something that is completely truthful and when I listen to it I'm like you know like when I listen to my podcast or and how it was you know, you know in, in various variations I'm like oh, I like this person. I like this, you know, authentic, truthful person. That's a person I like. And when I'm trying to be somebody else, that's not me. And I don't like that person because that person's like a cardboard cutout of what like a person that was elegant or, uh, you know, read Shakespeare or any of the things that I theoretically would want to be as a person <laughs> or, or should want to be as a person does. But I would rather just be myself and put that out there. And if that works for people, that's great. And if it doesn't, they can move on. That's the only way that I feel is the right way to be for me. I love that so much. I even wrote, I wrote down something you said. <laughs> How many notebooks do you have out, Jen? <laughs> like five. Be quiet. <laughs> I am a problem. Have you either of you had a crazy or a creative moment this week or both? Jennifer, you go first. Um, I think I had a crazy day today that I will pretend was creative, which was that I got up this morning, ran to the Atwater Market, bought five pumpkins, came home, made Chinese harvest mooncakes, made Dracula cupcakes, and carved five pumpkins before running into the basement to podcast with to my favorite crazy creative people. That is hugely impressive. I feel tired hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much feel like that when anyone does anything now. Now I'm like, oh, that sounds exhausting. I can barely manage my tiny little life. Monica's <laughs> like, so all your laundry? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I did my laundry, it took, it took everything out of me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can walk for a week. <laughs> Oh, wait, the, the other super crazy, I have two. My other super crazy, not super crazy, but my other crazy creative moment happened a few nights ago where I was like all nestled into bed, ready to go to sleep, being adorable and being like, mm, it's going to be the best sleep ever. And then all of a sudden I was like, I need to rearrange this entire bedroom. And I got up and moved three dressers and a queen size bed and laundry hamper, like everything, the whole room completely <laughs> rearranged. 
and then got back into bed and went to sleep. Did you just feel you had to punish yourself because you were going to have a good night's sleep? <laughs> I don't know what that was not cool is all I can say. And I mean, creative, who's to say? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm one can interpret that as creative, but also for sure crazy. I like that. It's all in how you interpret it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, my creative was, uh, Jesse put down a floor in my creative cave and I made it all beautiful and it's not, it doesn't look like serial killer yet. I still have to put up all my post-its again, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, uh, it's a lot nicer and cleaner and I'm very excited and I can put a dog bed in here and have my dogs now with me while... I sew and write. And I also took a workshop uh, through the Quebec Writer Federation um, with uh, Bruce Walsh on uh, Saturday. And that was, it was really, really good. Like such a great, genuine guy, like super easy to talk to. It was great. My crazy was, um, as I do every year for my birthday, I um, make an outfit last minute. And I was literally hemming and putting in a buttonhole in my skirt 15 minutes before I had to leave for work. Not stressful. (laughs) No, but Jesse was very proud of me that I didn't start from like scratch the night before. He's like, you had the skirt pretty much done. Like, good for you. Like you're growing up. (laughs) Sounds like me the night before a burlesque show or the morning of. You know that I've never actually practiced a routine like physically before I get on stage it's just all in my head like I will run the entire routine over and over and over in my head listening to music while I drive to work I feel like you're just bragging yeah like, that's, bragging. that's like yeah. some weird predator oh no because then it's like pure panic when the show comes it's like oh I have no idea if this no. is <laughs> I'm not buying it I'm like did you know that I didn't even write my Netflix special I just went up there and nailed <laughs> I just wrote it in my head in the car on the way to the venue. And and then because it stressed me out so much, I did it again the next month, just the same yeah. way. <laughs> what about you, Monica? Uh, I have a crazy one, uh, which is that, okay, so I was telling you before, out how much in love I am with my projector and I project movies onto my wall and it's been really nice during this pandemic uh, but the other thing I do is I take uh, online live yoga classes and meditation classes because really that's the only way that I feel accountable to anything is if I have a set appointment otherwise I will delay that video until the end of time I just will not do it so if at least if it's live it works but uh, I've taken to projecting uh, the humans uh, from my yoga class <laughs> I love this already. You know, I'm doing it tomorrow, but please continue. It's very like, don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. It's nice to work out with people that are like life-sized and like it's, it's, you know, makes everything smoother and whatever. But also uh, I am like, oh shit. I am every delusional main character that thinks they have a friend or an audience. Like I'm, I'm Rupert Pupkin in King of Comedy. I'm Robin Williams' character from One Hour Photo. Like I have I have a whole life. They're just projected onto my wall. Everything's fine. It's me and my illuminated friends. It's not insane. (laughs) Sorry, that's not crazy at all. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it's... (laughs) 
remember that at the trial or when they're trying to commit me that that's that you claim that's not insane they come into monica's apartment and all her friends are life-size on her wall it's exactly it but she was very organized and she just didn't go kill people all willy-nilly no come on (laughs) and i didn't i only killed specific people exactly there were people i was good to <laughs> she was generous she gave megan a cup of sugar once exactly That's right <laughs> oh my gosh that felt good uh what was i going to say um I, I don't know when you did this but you do have a creative thing to brag about right now because didn't you just release another video on your youtube channel with peter Redenson? so yeah i'm what's that sorry what was the last part well it doesn't matter okay <laughs> i might have um, been wrong so i'm just gonna I let you oh no 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 so like we're just gonna it's like when, when you like forget someone's name you're like nice to see you again <laughs> oh no i said peter j radomsky but that's how oh. i say his name all the time oh, peter okay, yeah. oh good i'm actually very glad you said the end of that because it's like there's 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 other stuff that I'm doing and I'm like, I don't know which one you're talking about. And yeah, again, also, I still feel like I do nothing. Yes, we did. We did do. Uh, so we are just, we're going to screen it tomorrow on Free Falling Monthly, uh, which is a showcase of like new works and it's super cool and fun. And it's going to be live, I believe on uh, YouTube and then we'll, then it will be launched officially. So yes, I did. It's our third film together with the wonderful Peter J. Radomski. Hilarious. Those of you who don't know him and you all should, he's like a super funny, smart, extremely kind, lovely person. And I'm extremely great to, grateful to collaborate with him. And also he uh, he put, got himself in a situation where he's my neighbor. So uh, that's, <laughs> as he always says, that's on, that's on you. Uh, but <laughs> So he lives right next to me, which is like, has been really, really good for both of us during the, well, I can speak for myself, poor guy, maybe, maybe it hasn't been good to him, but uh, it's been really good for me to have like someone I, I really like just like two doors away. That's been so comforting. And he's, yeah. So I can't say enough good things about him and it's really fun to work on projects with him. And then he also puts up with what a cunt I am when I work on projects, so. Megan and I have decided to make bingo cards for our listeners, um, and we are still putting together which words we're gonna put on the card, the things that we say the most, but we need a few more episodes first so we can listen and be like, okay, this keeps coming up. And um, I just decided, I'm not sure if we've had an episode where Peter's name hasn't come up, so I think Peter J. Radomsky should be one of the squares on our bingo card. What a great bingo card. I mean, the rest of it is like dick pics and anxiety. And- so it's not the best showcase. Uh, for- <laughs> like, like dick pics, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, and Peter J. Rodolfo. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse, the lesbian whisper. Oh, yes. That's right. Monica, if people do want to um, send you inappropriate DMs or <laughs> <laughs> just project pictures of you onto their wall, life size, where can they find you on the world wide web i am all over the world wide web my website is monica hamburg it's h-a-m-b-u-r-g.com and i am on instagram as monica.hamburg because they wouldn't let me have my full name and everything else is monica hamburg so facebook and twitter and uh you just look me up and there's way too much information but those are (laughs) the main the main things amazing thank you so 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 much 
It was so much fun having you, Monica. Yeah, Thank really you so fun. much. Thank you. It was really lovely and made me feel like a human again. And I appreciate Yay. that. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, you too. Hey, Jen, have you um, ever been a robot before? <laughs> this is my first no. time. Okay.